Hello, listeners, and welcome to the What's Up Castlebury podcast. You will notice that Drew is not doing the introduction today. We have swapped around just to shake it up. My name is Andy Searles. I am here with my co-host, though, Drew Taylor. Say, hey, Drew. All right. You know, it's a little weird, but I am ready. I'm ready, Andy. I trust you to open the podcast well. You are such a podcast presenter now because I said, say, hey, and you launched into a whole sentence. So and neither uh, good of you job. have said what episode this is yet. Oh, you see, this is what happens when Drew doesn't do it. Let me start mm. again. Welcome, Castleberry. It is now time to have a casual conversation for the beneficial good of our community. The show you are about to listen to is called What's Up, Castleberry? And now it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you your hosts, Andy and Drew, along with producer Robin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 91 of the What's Up Customary podcast with me, Andy Searles, and my co-host, Drew Taylor. Say hey, Drew. Hello, Andy. Glad to be here. We are thrilled that you are here today, Drew, and we're also joined by our lovely producer, Robin. Say hi, Robin. Hi, Robin. Oh, <laughs> nicely done. She Robin, does. with the funnies to start with, we are Castleberry residents. Drew and I are Castleberry pastors. We love talking about all things Castleberry with the good people of Castleberry, about what's happening in the city in the community of Castleberry. Drew, it's a big week. Ooh, one, baby, of, huh? one of the dentist's favorite weeks of the year <laughs> because of all the sugar. Yeah, as of this recording listener, it will be Halloween week. And we on the podcast, I, at least producer Robin and I, we love Halloween. Andy, I, are you uh, in the spirit? Are you going to dress up? I know you're trying not to eat as much candy this year as years past, but what's, what's your overall vibe? Yeah, you know, I, I have a love-hate relationship with, uh, with Halloween. <laughs> I really do. You know, sometimes I just kind of sit scratching my head like, why do we need to make the world more scary because it's already a pretty scary place. Mm. But again, I, I do appreciate that it's a good opportunity for people to have some fun, get out and laugh at fear and things that go bump in the night. So maybe that's good. I'm not sure if I'm going to dress up. I mean, I'm actually not even sure if our kids are going to dress up this year. They may be too old for this now. We'll have to see how cool that is on the teenage coolness spectrum. Uh, yeah. But I will, I will try and steal a little bit of candy, even there though I'm going to tell myself I won't. There is is that line i feel like with all every human being there's that line and one of the questions especially in american culture is like when are you too old to trick or treat anymore and it, it, it you know there's no definitive age but it kind of you know varies back and forth you know as far as halloween and just the feelings of it for me i am not i don't like scary movies i don't like horror of any kind but i like halloween because even those that are the most reclusive and and people that you know you go by homes and you really don't see anybody or any movement. It feels like on Halloween, for the sake of the children, people are outside. There's people with lights on for the most part. Uh, people are just in a general friendly mood. It's just sort of expected that you can walk around. And in our neighborhood, Andy, it's a big deal. There will be hundreds of kids and and adults walking through the streets in and around where we live. And, and I just really enjoy that. I like connecting with people and, and seeing. What kind of candy you got? Because I may come by. Please do. We got the peanut M and M's. Uh, I'm not a peanut guy. Don't like peanuts. Too we also we got Twix. Are you a oh, Twix fan? Uh, okay, I'll be I'll be there. Now I'm, now I'm speaking your language. In fact, I'm right. leaving right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Jalen's second Halloween, and this year 
he and his little buddy are going to be from the movie Top Gun. They're going to be Maverick and Goose, and they're going to wear their little zip-up airline suits with uh, aviator sunglasses, and I'm really excited. We'll have to post those on, on social media. Talking about all things orange, Drew, I think we just want to mention, I'm not sure when the best time to mention it is, but now seems to fit, that just before this episode comes out, me, you, and Robin will be participating in the 10th annual Mud Walk Spooky 5K. And that links in with Halloween because it's called the Spooky 5 Hey. <laughs> And we'll be wearing bright orange t-shirts for the run that the three of us are going to do. So listeners, make sure you stop by our social and you'll see us putting ourselves through misery uh, for a good cause because we want to support the local mud walk. That's right. We're excited about that. I I saw, though, Andy, you did air quotes around the word run. And I would agree that it's yeah, that was a, for, uh... that was for Robin. I mean, <laughs> you know, we want it to be a team thing. And that was as much um, for me. <laughs> yeah, sure I mean, I think I think at the moment, the way it's looking is Robin's going to walk. I'm going to jog and you're going to drive. Is, yes. is that uh, <laughs> I've heard you get exhausted driving for 5K, Drew. Is that, is that true? I'm getting exhausted even just having this conversation <laughs> right now. I'm getting tired out talking about a 5K. <laughs> no, Boy, but yeah. hey, what's up, Castleberry Team Spirit? It's going to be awesome. We're excited. That's right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andy, but, well, it's got to be done. It is now time for Drew's Dad Joke of the Day. <laughs> Andy, is it time? Oh, it's never time, Drew. (laughs) Well, here we go, folks. It's time for the dad joke of the week. And this one actually came to me via your wife, the lovely Tracy Searles. Tracy sent me a Facebook message Mm. and said, hey, I think you would like this. So listener, take a listen. Here we go. Andy, are you ready for this? Well, just a little bit of backstory. Uh, Tracy told me this. She said, I want to tell you a joke. I said, okay, go on then. She told me it. And I said, I thought you were going to tell me a joke because <laughs> I didn't get it. And then she said, well, I'm going to tell Drew. He'll get it. He'll laugh. <laughs> All right. It's maybe it's the way in which it's said. So Tracy, I hope to do this joke justice. Here we go. Robin, I'm addressing you directly. Robin, <laughs> did you know that the man that invented the Ferris wheel never met the man that invented the merry-go-round. I did not know that. Yeah, that's strange, but it's it's okay because they traveled in different circles. <laughs> yeah, good job, Tracy. <laughs> Any other jokes from today? That was that's my only one. I I, I'm laughing at you talking about how important it was to deliver it well, and you almost butchered the finish, <laughs> the punchline. That was that was where I was laughing. <laughs> I did. One of these days, listener. One of these days, we'll nail a dad joke of the week. Oh well. <laughs> Well, hey, it's uh, Castleberry in the News, today's segment. Uh, We've got an exciting email that was sent to Andy and I, and I'm sure many, many others in our community, that the the city's recreation department is back really at full force, Andy. There was a fairly lengthy email with a listing of classes and opportunities for adults and seniors to get together at Secret Lake Park, as well as some of the other campuses around Castleberry Wurz Park in particular. And man, there's quite the list of options to get out, socialize, be act. What do you think of that email? Yeah, I was reading through it and just scrolling through it. And I kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling because I had no idea that there were so many activities. Now, first of all, I just want to say it's great that activities are back, right? After almost 18 months of having to cancel these activities because of COVID, we're back. And that's worth celebrating. But all kinds of things, Scrabble Club, 
Coin Club. Let me see. What else was the uh, Beginner's Ballet? I thought that might be right up your street, Drew. I'd be interested in <laughs> yeah. that. I did see chair yoga which interested me until i found out that the chair in question wasn't a lazy boy so i don't know if i can uh do that beginning chair yoga is just yeah yeah laying on a lazy boy Mm -hmm. yeah that's right i mean i do it every (laughs) evening i'm I'm a master at it i like the self-defense i feel like that's that's an important thing to to be aware of yeah some kung fu self-defense on wednesdays oh that when you said that drew it started a brewing a dad joke inside of me okay could could you could you flush it out or is it not Ah, not it's not quite there yet but listeners tune in next week because it may be ready then it's got something to do with an emotional self-defense class but that's okay all right yeah there you go there you go well listeners we of course see uh, robin's already laughing and the joke's not even formulated yet so it's got to be good She's laughing out of empathy. Um, Lynn, Lynn Hoppus, Rob Bickerstaff, so many others who uh, put together just a v- wide variety of options to allow our citizens in Castleberry to gather together, to have some fun, to learn new things. Uh, thank you to all that are involved. And we hope that people get involved and get connected with the great things that are, that are happening in Castleberry. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with our guest in just a moment. And now from the Society of Historic Castleberry, this is History of Castleberry with Dr. Deborah Bauer. This is Dr. Deborah Bauer with your Castleberry history in 90 seconds. In October 1971, the Seminole County Board of Commissioners voted to give approval for a new housing development in southwestern Seminole County to the east of the city of Castleberry. The land was originally pasture and farmland occupied by entities such as Watts Farms, which had been a poultry farm. The county commission gave the developer, a man named Richard Bond, permission to build the housing tract at the intersection of Redbug Lake Road and the newly constructed Eagle Circle. Bond hired Baco Construction to build houses along the far side of Eagle Circle near what is today Swallow Drive, Dudop Cove, and Laurel Way. At that time, there was no Eagle Circle South. The original housing tract was known as Sterling Park. Today, more than 528 homes are a part of the Sterling Park neighborhood. It was this neighborhood that gave its name to Sterling Park Elementary when it opened in 1974. In the late 1970s, the city of Castleberry annexed much of the land that would become other neighborhoods in Deer Run, except for Sterling Park. Their HOA board strongly fought annexation involving Seminole County in a legal fight against the city of Castleberry that went all the way to the Florida Supreme Court in Tallahassee. Castleberry lost their legal challenge and de-annexed the rest of Deer Run by 1982. By the late 1990s, more than 27 neighborhoods encompassed the entire subdivision. The final neighborhood built, the villas at Deer Run townhomes, were constructed in 2004 on the former Deer Run golf course's tennis courts. Today, Deer Run is now home to almost 3,000 residential units with a population between six and 8,000 people. Again, this has been Dr. Deborah Bauer with your Castleberry History in 90 Seconds. Castleberry Chamber of Commerce is proud to present our 11th annual Food and Wine Festival. Join us Monday, November 1st at Lake Concord Park for an exciting evening sampling the best food, wine, and beers that restaurants in our community have to offer. There will also be a huge silent auction as well as live entertainment. All proceeds go to local nonprofits that help make Castleberry great. Get your tickets at castleberryfoodwinefest.com. That's castleberryfoodwinefest.com. 
the Food and Wine Festival and the Castleberry Chamber of Commerce are proud sponsors of the What's Up Castleberry podcast. Welcome back, podcast listeners. We are at the point of our podcast that we take a step back, Andy and I, and get to hear from a different expert on various things related to Castleberry. And we are privileged to have with us today, John Riley, a dear friend, as well as a man who he and his family are very involved with the work and goings on in Seminole County, specifically with the, the Geneva School. And John, we are so glad that that you're here today, taking apart from your busy schedule as uh, you've had a lot going on in your life. Well, I'm glad to do it. It is a passion of mine. So anytime I get to talk about it, I enjoy it. Excellent. Now, John, we were talking off the air. Your daughter got married just a couple of weekends ago. Congratulations. How was that? Did you dance uh, the night away? That night? <laughs> it was an extraordinary evening. Laura, my wife, had done a fantastic job of planning. It was in Greenville, South Carolina, where she lives and her husband was raised. She went to Furman University, and so she's home in her mind, and we really did have a good time. But yes, I did do the father-daughter dance. I did the speech without choking up too badly <laughs> and uh, was able to get up on stage and play the harmonica as the group sung to her brown-eyed girl. It was a really nice, nice night. Wow. Wow. That's, a unique, that's a unique chapter. Wow. The, the, what a cool memory to play the harmonica. I'm sure remember that the rest of her life, no doubt, as will you. I serenaded Laura at my wedding, so I wanted to facilitate Will serenading her at hers. Nice. Fill the listeners in just in a couple of minutes or so. If, you, if your life were a book, would you give us kind of just the highlights, the chapter highlights of who is John Riley and flesh out your family for us? Raised in Kentucky, born in Detroit, raised in Kentucky, came down to Rollins College, met my wife freshman year, and we dated on and off for about 10 years, mostly off, but we were finally able to close the deal. And when we had our family, started our family. She was pretty intentional about trying to find a school for those girls. And she came across the Geneva School, which was a stark contrast to what it is today. Geneva is about 28 years old. I think we're in our 28th, maybe our 29th year. And when we visited the school, gosh, it had to be, I don't even know, 19 years ago. It was in Fern Park. And it was in a rented schoolhouse at a church behind Circus Circus, which was a, um, <laughs> a place that is no longer there. But for those who know Castleberry for as long as they do, they are glad it's no longer there. But uh, anyway, it was interesting to drive my daughter to school every day behind that establishment. And so it took a lot of faith. And uh, when we pulled up the first time into the parking lot, I didn't want to go in. I said, my kids are absolutely not going to school here. Mm -hmm. And we did. We went in. We met with the head of school. He showed us the vision for the school. And when we walked the halls, it was absolutely amazing. There was chanting and singing, and you could feel the Holy Spirit walking around that place with the students, with the teachers. And we left there knowing that's where we need to be. That's awesome. That I, I didn't realize that first location was in Fern Park, right next to Castleberry. In some ways, it's somewhat of a coming home. You've you've always been local to Castleberry in this new location as well. But it really has been a phenomenal story over the years of Geneva's development. There's a lot of folks who are excited as they drive by, they peer in what's happening, what's going on. And even now there's more construction, right? What are some of the lessons that you've learned being involved with a school of this nature and planning what has become a very established school and educational institute within our, our local community. 
First, we have to give credit to the founders that had the vision 28 years ago. R.C. Sproul, Bob Ingram, Laura Grace Alexander. There was a handful of folks that had read this book called Rediscovering the Lost Tools of Learning by Dorothy Sears. And they read this book as kind of uh, an exercise. And then they got together to discuss it. And before the evening was over, they said, let's do it. And for me to come in to the school 10, 11 years later was easy compared to what they did. I can't imagine within a, a short period of months starting a school with 32 students and then keeping it going for as long as they did before it really got some legs. It's been such a blessing to have my children. Both of my girls attended there from kindergarten through 12th grade. And it is a very unique, which I'm glad to talk about, very unique platform, uh, pedagogy. It's called Christian Classical Education. And it's just, it's been the biggest blessing in our family. So I've just enjoyed being a part of it. A good follow-up then is, is for folks that are unfamiliar. I feel like most people generally have an understanding of the public school versus the, the private school, but you're saying there's some key distinctives even in the realm of private school that Geneva has from maybe other places, other education types of opportunities. What what is are some key distinctives that separate Geneva from other private schools? The word Christian classicism, Christian classical, obviously it's Christian. And it is very outwardly Christian, and I can come back to that. But the classical part of it is the way that we weave these, this education together. Children like to learn according to where they are developmentally. So in the early stages, the grammar stages, it's amazing. And these kids have the aptitude, the ability to memorize almost anything. They can uh, memorize entire scripture verses that would be very difficult for an adult mind to capture. They're taught high school vocabulary words in third and fourth grade. And my dad walked in once and he said, what are those words on the whiteboard? <laughs> and uh, my third grader, I, I said, well, that's that's Brooks vocabulary words for the week. And he looked at me, he said, oh, come on, really? What are those words? And I said, Brooke, get in here. And Brooke could spell them, use them in a sentence. And he was just blown away. But if you can build the foundation when the kids have that capacity, then in around middle school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, they start to become more inquisitive. Argumentative is another word that comes to mind. <laughs> and so we call that the logic stage or the dialectic stage. And so we teach the children to take a thought and dissect it into different categories. A couple might be fact and opinion. And so they are able to take complex thought and boil it down to the building blocks that they had been learning all through grammar school and make educated, discerning decisions as to the validity of that thought. And then in rhetoric stage, which is high school, the students are taught how to put all of this back together in writing and or verbally. So it's how they express themselves. And I got to tell you, the biggest aha moment that I had is when I read my adult children, some of the writings in business, and I'm thinking, that's extraordinary. I've never written a letter that well. And it's it goes back to Geneva in the rhetoric phase. So that's how they like to learn developmentally. And then lastly is we look at everything from a period standpoint. So in first grade, it might be world history. In second grade, it might be U.S. history. In third grade, it might be Florida history. And so you look at everything from 
that period. And I'll give you an example. In middle school, they may read the Iliad and the Odyssey in literature. They may read the plagues and in Exodus. They may read uh, about disease in biology, and they may read about the pyramids in geometry. And when you look at a period from all angles, it integrates everything. So you really don't know when you're going from biology to geometry to literature that you're necessarily going to a different class because you're looking at the same thing just through a different lens. And when you can teach a student from that integrated approach, it becomes part of them. It's it's a lot less rote memorization and it's it's really magical. Our kids knock it out of the park when it comes to standardized tests, but that has nothing to do with how we evaluate their success. When you have a, a student from Geneva that graduates in 12th grade, you've got a really finished product that in our opinion can go into the marketplace and, and impact the kingdom. I love that, John. I have been to the school, both campuses, multiple times. And like your father, I've had some of those experiences when I've seen something on the whiteboard and said, what, what does that mean? And also been when you've done some of these kind of period lessons as well. And I mean, you guys really get into it, decorating classrooms, costumes, the whole thing. And it's really a very, very impressive thing. So John, as I mentioned, you're currently in two campuses on both sides of Castleberry. One that we were talking about used to be a sports store and you trans formed it into a school and now you've moved to this new facility in Lake Drive, which just seems to be changing and growing by the day. I suppose when you were looking to expand, you could have gone anywhere in Central Florida. Why did you choose Castleberry? Was there something unique, attractive about this, this part of town? Well, Castleberry has been a great place for our 436 campus where we could call it our first home. And so we had to be very careful when we decided to expand. And, and we, I mean, we were looking for not just our first home, which was that 436 Sports Unlimited building, but we needed athletic facilities. We needed a campus. So we looked all over and we had probably five different properties over a five to 10 year period under contract. And it didn't work for whatever reason. Uh, it was either too wet or it was too close to another school like Orangewood or Trinity Prep. It had it required too much infrastructure. And what really happened, I, I think it was a God thing, is that Northland called us up and said, hey, we are going to build where we are. We always intended to build over on Seminole Boulevard, but we've decided we're going to stay here. And our heart would really enjoy a Christian school to go here, and we would like to talk with you. Mm -hmm. And so we met with them, and we made it happen. And we had some incredible donors step up and made the land acquisition happen, which was, by the way, I think in 2006. And we went through the whole architectural process of building the new campus. We had permits pulled. And then 2008 happened and everything hit the skids, pledges unraveled. It just was not a good time to build. And then later, as things started to recover, it felt right to take the plunge. That's very helpful to understanding why that property had sat vacant for many years. And I know you and I, John, have had conversations about really the vision behind Geneva's building campaign was to to raise the money, right? Raise the funds, uh, have the commitments and the pledges before construction begins. We'll talk about what the construction currently going on is in a minute. But before we get there, I'm just curious from the perspective of working with the local Castleberry government, just the heart behind wanting to be 
uh, a light uh, in Castleberry to be a, a place of where kids are educated and cared for well. Um, how has that been, just the interactions with local Castleberry government and Castleberry leaders? That has been a highlight, and I'm not saying that to just get in their good graces for future development. Um, <laughs> I've built... Personally, um, my, my real estate company has built over 100 Walgreens throughout Florida. So we've dealt with every municipality that you can think of, and literally every one that you can think of. And Castleberry has been extraordinary to work with. When we were getting started, we had some very tough questions asked by the commissioners. And I still remember uh, Colleen Hufford asking some very difficult questions and we had to go back to the drawing board and satisfy some of the concerns. But as soon as we did, the commissioners got on board. I think Charlene Glancy was the mayor at the time. And she just had such a friendly pro-Geneva stance, but in a good way. I would just say that Castleberry's always been fair, enthusiastic as far as cheering us on. And so, you know, here's the tough part about building a school is that it has to be open in mid-August. It has to be open in mid-August. And so when you hit a snag with most municipalities, you fall prey to their timeline. And you can get into a series of, of comments and responding to comments and comments and responding to comments. In fact, when we built Willow Creek, we ran into some of that. But when you're doing a school, you've got this really tight timeline. And if we ever got in trouble with some of that uh, give and take, we could go to the leadership in Castleberry and say, guys, we need help. And they would give it. It's been fantastic. That's really, really good to hear and, and not, not surprising. And I appreciate that the city did their due diligence, but they were doing it in a way to find a yes rather than a no. And that, that's huge. So you drive by the, the Lake Drive campus right now. And once again, John, there's all kinds of construction. What are you working on right now? Well, we're working on the, both the lower school and the gymnasium. But Andy, before I go into that, I just want to comment on something you said. When we try to find an attorney for any job that we're doing, or we're working with a, an attorney on the other side of the table, there are two kinds of attorneys. There's deal makers and deal breakers. And yeah. I would say the same thing about municipalities. There's deal makers and deal breakers. And I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but there are a lot of them that we drive through their towns every day. Castleberry is a deal maker, and that's something I really respect about those folks. But what we're doing now on the campus is we opened a year and a few months ago the upper school. To timeline this thing, I think it was in 2017, we opened up our athletic fields. That was the cheapest way that we could get on campus and, and start to build momentum was to build horizontally the athletic fields. It really charged our community. We came back with the upper school and we wanted to build the upper school first so that all the kids in Geneva would get a chance to enjoy it. So the little kids and the big kids, as opposed to doing the lower school first. But when we got to the upper school, it was noticeable that a major part of Geneva was missing and that's community. We have such an incredible structured and unstructured mentorship between our bigs and our littles. And so the littles, when they're, I, I believe it's in fourth grade, they have the knighting ceremony and the young men are 
knighted as squires by the high school students, the high school men. The young ladies are called ladies in waiting, and they are knighted by their maidens of honor in the upper school. And when we were all on one campus at 436, when the littles got out of their car, they'd run up to their bigs and they'd, they'd get hugs. And there was just this fellowship and this mentorship and all the way down to small groups. You can't do that when you're on two different campuses. Mm-hmm. So we had the upper school and the lower school and the magic of Geneva was missing. So we, again, it was through the generosity of a small handful of donors that were the catalyst to say, let's do this. And they did and the, and the community rallied around it. So we are building the lower school. It will open in August. And then we will be selling the 436 campus, which has our second gym in it. We have a gym and the new campus and a gym on the old campus. And the same thing happened. It was like, well, how are we going to get by with two gyms? And thankfully, we have a great relationship with Willow Creek down the street. And uh, that's something that we're going to probably have to tap. And while we're building the gymnasium, but we decided to build the gymnasium. Some donors came forward, said, let's do this. The community rallied. We are rallying presently, but you'll see both going up at the same time. The gym will probably be just a little bit behind the lower school. And the I can't tell you. I mean, the school sitting there right now, the upper school is beautiful, but it looks like a mushroom in the middle of a field. (laughs) And so you're going to have on both sides of it, the gymnasium and the lower school, which is by the way, that's probably three of the eventually nine buildings that we'll have on campus, but it is going to really bookend and make this really feel like our home. Wow. That's so great. I love the vision behind that. And really, as we see developments, Legacy Park and other places coming around, it's really going to make that section of our city just so beautiful and inviting and uh, bringing in more and more young families. John, we have uh, run out of time as we always seem to do on our podcast episodes, but we want to make sure that those who are listening, uh, they can hear your passion uh, clearly. Would you offer uh, a way for folks, if they're interested, to connect maybe with you specifically as well as the information, the website for the for the school, Geneva School as a whole. If anybody wants to contact me, I am glad to um, field their calls or questions. My my email address is jreilly, J-R-I-L-E-Y, at legfund, L-E-G-F-U-N-D.com. But I would refer them over to some of the folks at the school, probably Tam Coster. She's our director of admissions Um, She gives all the tours. She's got the relationships throughout Castleberry um, and Central Florida with all of the different organizations. And she's a superstar. So if people wanted to really find out more, our website is very well done. You could get on there. You could click on whatever's of interest, including admissions, and it would direct you to the right person. Beautiful. And so that is the Geneva School. Uh, the Genevaschool.org. Yes. Dot org. Very good. John, thank you so much for your time, for your insight, uh, obviously your passion to seeing children become, uh, as you said, adults, successful adults, uh, God honoring adults in the marketplace. We really appreciate you. John Riley, thank you so much for your time today and all the work that you're doing at Geneva. Also, just want to give a quick plug and thank you to Doug from Christian Help for that great word about the Chamber of Commerce Food and Wine event. We hope to see you, listener, on November 1st. That's such a great cause and such a great community event, November 1st at Lake Concord. Also, thank you to Dr. Deborah Bauer for her knowledge and insight on all things Castleberry. Andy, as we wrap up another episode of this podcast, uh, you have a quote 
from someone that I feel like we're familiar with, but give us the name, the quote, and some inspiration as we close out today. Yes, this quote is from somebody who's known, like you say, by almost everybody on the planet, it seems like. Some love her, some dislike her, but she's got some words of wisdom for us today. Her name is Oprah Winfrey. She says this, the more you praise and celebrate your life, the more there is in life to celebrate. Let me say that again. The more you praise and celebrate your life, the more there is in life to celebrate. I remember reading, Drew, a long time ago, a little quote. I think it was by John Maxwell, who said, your attitude determines your altitude. If you have a positive attitude, you will fly high. But if you have a negative attitude, well, you'll stay where you are and you'll you'll stay low. Oprah says that a little bit differently. She says it with great wisdom and it's true. And I hope our listeners can find something to celebrate today and someone to praise. The more you praise and celebrate your life, the more there is in life to celebrate. Excellent, Andy. Thank you for that word and that encouragement. Uh, I think it's Cool in the gang said, celebrate good times. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the What's Up Castleberry podcast, a casual, very casual conversation about our community. This podcast has been produced by Robin Kepi. For more information, check out our website, Facebook page, Instagram podcast feed, all with the name What's Up Castleberry. Andy, have you liked and subscribed to our podcast yet? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Five times. Five times under different aliases. (laughs) Give us a five-star rating and review. And until next time, have a great week. And listen to our closing music today. Da, 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 da. Woo!